0: North Richmond Community Health Podcast. I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we're recording this podcast, and I pay my respects to their elders past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples listening today. When someone experiences an overdose, and that's assuming they're fortunate enough to have someone nearby, they only have a short time to recognise the symptoms and respond. And in many cases, nobody helps before it's too late. This is due to a couple of reasons which we'll find out about later. But for now, in support of International Overdose Awareness Day, this episode will cover a little known medication called Naloxone which can temporarily reverse an opioid overdose. Whereas naloxone was traditionally given as an injection by someone with a prescription or uh, someone with medical background. Now it's as simple as inserting a spray into your nose. This means that everyday people like myself who have no medical training can easily administer it to someone who has an overdose on opioids. In this episode, I'll speak with community members of North Richmond, and they've been in the area for up to 30 years. They now carry naloxone and have had the training for free, which was provided at the medically supervised injecting room, otherwise known as the EMSA. They speak about some of the challenges they've had in the past when they've witnessed an overdose. And they also speak about how carrying naloxone has ultimately affected their outlook and hopes for the community but first i'll talk to chris he is the proactive overdose response initiative coordinator at the emsa he'll speak a bit about overdoses in the general community and also about how naloxone works okay let's do it um can i ask you your name chris Chris, we haven't actually explained exactly what naloxone is. Can you give us a little primer on that?
1: Um, well, naloxone is its a temporary way of reversing the effects of opioid drugs. Uh, kind of like a, we say a, a temporary antidote, for want of a, for want of a better word. And... Um, it's not an alternative to calling triple zero because it doesn't last a long time. And basically what it does, if someone has had too much of an opioid drug or too much of a combination of drugs, and more and more people are using more and more drugs is what's showing up in the data, um... And the opioid drugs attach to receptors in their brain which is like a switch and the switch is switch on and you get physiological changes like the heartbeat slows down, breathing slows down, that kind of thing. And if you have too much, that breathing can become dangerously slow or it can stop altogether. And what naloxone does is it pushes the opioids off those receptors, switches them off, blocks the opioids getting back onto them so you can start breathing again. But Unfortunately, it will wear off quicker than the opioids will wear off. So it, it buys you time, really, for um, for an ambulance to turn up. We want people to call triple zero. Mm. It's, uh, it only works on opioid drugs, so it'll work on heroin, morphine, methadone, oxycodone, you know, endone, that kind of thing. And while people often think about overdose being a, a heroin thing, we know that pharmaceutical opioids are the real issue um, here, not to say that heroin isn't, but pharmaceutical opioids are, so it'll work on all of those drugs, it won't work on things like benzodiazepines alcohol, that stuff however, if you've taken you know a a load of oxycodone because you're in pain and you you get that from your doctor you get something else from a specialist you like a few drinks at the end of the night or you use drugs illicitly Um, and you overdose, taking the opioids out of the picture temporarily might be enough to get you breathing again. So it does nothing else. I mean, you can't get high in it. Um, We actually tried once to talk to people about how you could misuse it, if you possibly could, just so we could uh, be prepared. And uh, I think the only thing they come up with is that if you really didn't like someone, you could wreck their buzz, do you know what I mean? So it's... um, Really, um, yeah. So it does nothing else. You can't go high on it. I could be giving you naloxone all day long, and if you weren't, if you were on opioid drugs, it's going to do nothing yeah. to you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's a really, really safe medication. Um, yeah.
0: Um, and for people in the community, what does it mean for people to have, to have access
1: to naloxone? I mean, everyone's a lifesaver. Yeah. Now you know. Um, what What you find, I think, um, is you get a lot of people with we say, family members or friends or something like that, that they're at a risk of overdose. Now, that people automatically think illicit drugs, but like I said earlier, you know, you could be on prescription medicine, that's prescribed to you, do you know what I mean? And you might be at risk. A lot of people feel quite helpless, you know, they don't know what to do. How You know, what can I do? My loved one is, the, this is something they can do. Mm. They can carry naloxone and they could potentially save a life. Are there any issues for
0: in the way for people to access naloxone? Are there any barriers? Or?
1: Uh, well, you can get it at a pharmacy now uh, if your pharmacy is registered to provide it. It's free at a pharmacy. Now, one barrier is your pharmacy mightn't stock it. You know that could be uh, that could be an issue. The government has the Victorian government through the Department of Health has been trying to make a naloxone. Much more freely available by having needle and syringe program workers be able to dispense it directly to clients there's been a few hold ups with that um, with that program going through, but we're hoping that it happens soon. I think one of the biggest issues is a lot of people don 't know about it, mm. and a lot of people don't think that they're at risk of overdose. you know what I mean I mean if you talk to nana who's, you know, getting painkillers from her doctor, like I said, and she likes a glass of port at the end of the night, she's at risk of overdose. But if you said to her you're at risk of overdose, she'd be like, well, I don't take drugs. Do you know what I mean? But she is so often what we would, it's for people that don't see themselves as drug users, it's probably more helpful to use the, the term opioid poisoning, you know, because that's, Effectively what it is. Yeah. I reckon if you if you're getting painkillers or any kind of medication from your doctor, you should speak to them. Or if you've got a loved one that's getting that speak to them. Find out about the medicine.
0: So is there a difference between the training you provide and the training a pharmacist provides?
1: Um well a pharmacist would would will show you how to use the naloxone but they're probably time constrained and they'll just be very like straightforward with it but if you came to me and you said look I want to get naloxone because I have a you know a friend that I'm really worried about we could not only teach you about naloxone we could give you other information give you serv- like access to services we could do all sorts of other things to help you as well.
0: International Overdose Awareness Day is coming up on the 31st of August. What do you think people should be thinking about and is there anything they should be doing or they could be doing?
1: Uh, yeah, well, you know that uh, Overdose Awareness Day started in, in Melbourne, actually, years uh, 20 odd years ago. It was started in St Kilda, believe it or not, and it was a small get-together to remember people who had died of, of overdose. Um, now it's a global thing, it's huge. Um, I think a really, really important thing would be to, you know, to carry Naloxone. Have a look on the Overdose Awareness Day website, see if there's local events um, that you could attend. They're they're all over the place. We're going to have events here at North Richmond Community Health. If you want to come down, you'll be more than welcome. If you have friends or family that, even if it's from a doctor, they're getting medicine, you know, find out about the medicine. And, um, and carrying the locks on. Let out to use it. it. takes. A few minutes you can be a lifesaver.
0: Since the inception of the EMSA in Victoria, there has been a notable rise in awareness regarding the multifaceted social challenges and strategies for minimizing harm within the North Richmond community. I spoke to a few community members about the experiences that led them towards carrying naloxone as a crucial tool in their lives. And just a content warning ahead, there will be descriptions of overdoses, which may be disturbing to some listeners. I'm Judy
2: Ryan and I've been a local resident for 11 years.
3: I'm Tanya
4: and I live on York Street nearby and I've been a resident for 8 years. I'm Elizabeth. I also live on York Street. My family's been in the area since 1977.
0: Judy, can you explain a bit about the work you've done in the community?
2: Um, I've been involved in the community campaign for the EMSER from 2016. We started campaigning for the facility due to the neglect of our area and people with addiction who are overdosing and dying in the streets. Um, The ambulances that were clogging up laneways and pathways and roadways and the sound of sirens uh, in the area. So it was a very distressing place to live and people were dying and needed our help. So, and I've been involved in the neighbourhood since then. actually did naloxone training about five years ago with the syringe, which I found a bit daunting. So when the new nasal spray option came up, I was really impressed by that. And so when an opportunity came to be trained by the MSUR staff, I was very happy to do that and to invite my fellow neighbours to come
0: along as well. So Elizabeth and Tanya, you've both done the training. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about why you decided to do the training
3: and have you ever had to use it? So I have a brother who's had a long-term addiction and am very much aware of what he went through when he was using and his fear of overdosing. And so I have an interest to do as much as I possibly can to assist people who may take an overdose. But given now that this uh, new spray is around, it makes it so much more easy to administer, but also through our training, we were taught methods of delivering doses and keeping ourselves safe. So um, I feel very comfortable to use it now. I haven't had an opportunity to use it, given it was only a few weeks ago. But I, I have an aloxone in my work briefcase that I take to work every day. Um, and I have one in my handbag that I use around locally. So if I need to use it, I feel confident enough now to use it after five minutes of training. Yeah, very impressed.
4: Yeah, my experience is um, somewhat similar to Tanya's. Um, I've had a couple of occasions where I've had to call an ambulance, one of those before the MSIR was established, and that was really, really um, frightening and confusing and confronting all of those things. That happened on a day, was quite a hot day, and we had interstate visitors had just turned up and I heard someone yelling outside on the street and there was a young man who was almost blue at that point and his partner who was really upset and, and whatever, we called the ambulance but in the meantime, there were builders across the road and somebody had to try and give him mouth to mouth and I was on the phone on my mobile and there were quite a large number of people trying to help but if we'd had Naxalone, it would have been so much easier. And and I mean I'm still feeling kind of upset about that incident at the time. And a few months ago I also had to call the ambulance for someone. And um that was over near the hive. And it was night, so I couldn't really see his skin that well, but I I believe that he was also kind of on the point of turning blue, and I ran to get the uh, what do you call it, the the defibrillator from the chemist. But that took quite a while as well because first people didn't know where it was, and you know I I have had training in using that, but you know I wasn't sure whether that was the right thing to be using at that time. If I'd hadn't. Excellent. I would have just used it straight away. You know, I think it's, it's a simple question. Are you willing to get involved? Are you willing to help or not? If you're willing to help, what have you got to help with? And this makes it so much easier, I feel.
0: You raise a good point because a lot of people, when they pass someone who appears to have a pup, passed out and they hear the deep snoring they think they're just going to sleep it off and in reality the respiratory system's shutting down and they don't know how to help someone who is going through an overdose judy anything else to add Look, I think um, I, what Tanya
2: and Elizabeth have said is absolutely spot on. I think the other thing that comes across to it's it's not just about saving lives, which is key, but also about um, reducing the possibility of people having brain damage. And that is a really big issue as well. So the longer they're without oxygen and um, being able to breathe, it really impacts their brain, mm. you know, Oh, look, I just encourage anybody to do it and even as our trainer said, you know, it might be people with multiple, it might not just be people with heroin around this area, but, you know, family and friends have, a, you know, concoction of drugs on them, you could use it then and if you use it and they don't have that issue, it's not a problem. So I just think it's a bit of a no-brainer really and the fact that it's free from pharmacies is just, and you get a box of two, is fantastic.
4: We were also told that there aren't le- there are no legal issues with carrying it or using it so um, you know some people might hesitate for that reason and I think that's something that you don't actually need to worry about. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to access Naloxone and Naloxone
0: training and you live locally in North Richmond, you can contact the Alcohol and Other Drug Program at North Richmond Community Health. And the phone number is 9418 And you can reach out to the Proactive Overdose Response Initiative for further information on overdose response and naloxone training. If you live in other parts of the state, you can call direct Line, where you can ask about your local naloxone provider. That number is one 800 All providers give training as a free service, and the naloxone itself is free as well. As we finish up this episode, I wanted to remember the significance of International Overdose Awareness Day. It serves as a powerful reminder of the lives affected by overdoses. By fostering compassion and understanding and sharing this information, we can work together towards preventing future tragedies. Thank you for joining us in this important conversation.